Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and today we get to look at the readings, specifically the Gospel World lesson, for the 10th Sunday after Pentecost. And things change. We've had a couple of Sundays where we've talked about Jesus' parables, and now we get to talk about some of the acts that Jesus does. And specifically today, we're going to talk about the feeding of the 5,000 according to St. Matthew in the 14th chapter. And uh, this is verses 13 through 21. And Jesus only says two things in this whole text. Now, his acts are huge and they're big and there's a lot of implications and there's a lot of meanings behind it, but he only says two things. And so, just a recap for the well-known biblical event of the feeding of the 5,000. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the town. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place. The day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the village and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, and this is the first time Jesus speaks in this text, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They, the disciples, said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said to them, Bring them here to me. And again, that's the second thing he says. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowd, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men, beside women and children. So that is the feeding of the five thousand according to St. Matthew in chapter 14. And so here's a couple of things happening. Jesus goes away to a desolate place by himself with his disciples. I don't know if he's going to recuperate. I don't know if he's going to pray. Um, All of these things are the things that he's doing. But the crowds follow him. And this is really important because at this time in Jesus' ministry, his infamous works, his miracles, his great supernatural things, things that he's doing have gotten notoriety and people are following him. He is also controversial in the things that he is teaching. The Pharisees don't like him. The Romans don't like him. So he's getting this following and the crowds, and not all the crowds, not everybody in the crowd, but a lot of them are going to see what will he do next? 
what will he say next? And again, it's the whole controversial uh, character person. We always want to watch and see what will he do next. It's just, unfortunately, what we do as, as people. And so Jesus sees these people. And I love this word. He has compassion upon them. And this is pity. This is uh, sorrow. And it's not a, oh, I pity you. I feel sorry for you. This is a, a gut feeling. This is an inner thing that Jesus is so moved with compassion. He wants to help. He wants to heal. He wants to make right what is broken, what is wrong. And he does this by healing. He heals their sick. He teaches and preaches to them. Now, with this, it's my humble opinion, and please hear that, that this is one of the main reasons this crowd went to Jesus. They brought their sick. I have a sick family member. I have a sick friend. Jesus has been healing people. Maybe he will heal my loved one, my friend. And that's not bad, but that's kind of all they're seeing him for just this healer, just as this uh, faith healer who says controversial things. And so that's kind of where Jesus is in this, and that's kind of how the crowds are dealing with him. And then we hear, and this is uh, verse 15, and I again want to stress that they're in a desolate place. They're outside of the city. There's nothing there. And this doesn't mean that they're sitting out in the middle of the desert. There's just no habitation. There's no stores. There's, you know, nothing of civilization. They're in the wilderness. And I think this is really important. And so there Jesus is in the wilderness, and people find him. They know where he is, and they go to where they know they're going to find healing. They're going to find comfort. They're going to find teaching. They're going to find God with us. To what extent do they understand that? I'm not sure at this time, but they do know that Jesus is something and somebody different than all the prophets, all the Pharisees, all the scribes, all the Sadducees. There is something different. He speaks with authority. What he says happens, and that is huge because Jesus is the Lord of life, the Lord God of creation. Let there be light. And there was. Stand up, you who are lamed. Hear those who are deaf. And it happens. What Jesus says happens. And the crowds have obviously picked up on this. And so the evening comes. The day is over. And the disciples, being very practical, Jesus, they listen to you. Send them away so that they can take care of themselves. You've done all you can for them. Send them home. Let them take care of themselves. And this isn't the disciples dismissing them. This isn't the disciples uh, pushing the crowds away. This is the disciples just being earthly, being practical. And I, this says a lot. Jesus says to his disciples, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. Now, I, I love this statement. You give them something to eat. And I don't think this is an accusation. I don't think this is Jesus uh, uh, pointing out the inability of the disciples to do this. He's really showing who and why he has come. 
When Jesus is led by the Spirit out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after his baptism, one of the first well, there's only three temptations that are recorded for us, but it is Jesus has not had anything to eat for 40 days and 40 nights, and we know he's hungry. And the devil says, if you really are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus responds, man does not live by bread alone, but from every word of God. And it is here. The very Word of God, Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, is there giving of himself. He's healing. He's preaching. He is engaging and interacting and showing his love in an immediate setting, an immediate situation. He has literally come to the people to bring God for them, to them. And so this statement, they need not go away. I'm here. The bread of life is here. And that the other part of that sentence, you give them something to eat. Jesus is really setting up that he is the bread of life. He is the power of God. He is the word of God. He is the one who is going to act. He is the one who is going to do what needs to be done to save, to keep, to sustain, to build, to make right, righteous, holy those who are sinners, those who are fallen, those who are in need. He is the one who is going to do all the work. Now, again, this isn't Jesus setting up an us and them or setting the disciples up for failure. He's showing them what they will do because of him. And so the statement, you give them something to eat, they're still learning who Jesus is. They haven't yet fully understood that they too will be sent out into the ends of the earth, bringing the Gospels, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them all that I have given, all that I have done. They're not there yet, but Jesus is laying that groundwork. And so that statement, you give them something to eat, is more than, hey, go buy food, go uh, prepare something. This is the bigness of a holistic look of the care that Jesus brings to and for the people, to and for you and me. So the disciples, of course, and you know they're looking at each other. I don't have anything. I don't even have enough money. You know, how would we even do this? And they think, again, completely earthly, pre completely practical. It's what I would do. How could I feed this? How could I feed this many people? Can, how much does peanut butter and jelly cost for 5,000 men, let alone women and children? You know, whatever. They're at a loss because they don't see who is before them. And again, this isn't because they're blind. It's not because they're stupid. They don't understand. They don't have the fullness of the revelation of who Jesus is before them, the bread of life. Now, again, the, the crowds have missed this point, too. They see Jesus as a good teacher, a good moral teacher, somebody who's bucking the traditions, so to speak, a miracle worker. And so 
the disciples say, Jesus, we're at a loss. We, we can't feed this many people. Let us show you how, in, how inadequate we are. We have five loaves and two fish, and there's no way we could feed everywhere, everyone. And so the disciples, being very truthful, this is not in our power. Again, they're not thinking and relying on Jesus. And again, this isn't a doubt thing. This isn't an unbelief thing. They just are thinking earthly. How do we physically and practically feed? Okay. And Jesus says, bring them here to me. They've already come to Jesus. They've come to receive healing. They've come for material things. This invitation opens the door to the fullness of who and what God is. This is his chance to bring and show his compassion, the very reason he has broken into our time, our space, our flesh, to save, to rescue, to feed you, me, these people, not just with bread, not just with fish, but with the very life the very promises of God's word, which speaks you alive. Bring them to me. And I love this because this is what the apostles will do. This is what the disciples are to do. They are to bring people to Jesus so that Jesus will work, so Jesus will act, so Jesus will live in you. And what does he do? He gathers what is available, the bread, the fish, and says a prayer of blessing and feeds 5,000 men. And then that's on top of women and children. So this huge, miraculous event happens. And I'm going to bet that these people who eat have no clue where this came from. And they just eat. They just consume. And they go on their merry way. They're happy to be there. And this is not a bad thing. This isn't them just taking it for granted. This isn't them being selfish. This isn't anything like that. They do not know. These are the things that they should be looking out for. These are the things that they should be receiving. These are the things that they should be participating in. They just see, hey, I'm hungry. Oh, look, the disciples are bringing food. This is good. This is wonderful that I am being taken care of in this way. Connecting the dots that this is a miraculous event coming from God himself, Jesus Christ, who has just healed a bunch of sick people, now feeds to sustain the life of the healed, to sustain the life of the healthy. Jesus comes to bring hope, to bring help, to bring, to bring the sustaining work of God himself. And I love that statement. Bring them to me that I may show them my compassion, that I may serve them, that I may work and keep them alive. And I love this because we're to, we're to make a not a big jump, but I would like to make this into an application. This is what happens in the divine service. Why do you come to church? Is it a social gathering? Which is good. 
Please socialize with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Catch up. Participate in their lives as you let them participate in your life. That's good. That is part of the community of Holy Cross. Now, that's not the only reason you would come to church. Do you come to hear a good sermon? Do you come to hear good theological music, the hymnody that sings the faith, that proclaims Christ? Do you come to participate in the liturgy? Do you come to learn in Bible class? Well, there's lots of reasons to come to church. But do we look at this in a practical way? I come to church to do my thing. I sing my hymns. I say the right words in the liturgy. I listen to the sermon. I consume. And then I go back to my life. I go back to work. I go back to home. I go back to school. I go back to whatever. And we see that Jesus sends his Holy Spirit to you to call, to call gather, and enlighten you to receive God's work in Jesus, forgiveness of sins, the proclamation of being spoken alive, restored, built up in him. These are the gifts that are given. And we do this every Sunday. We literally do this three times in a weekend, and we do it every weekend. And it gets mundane. It's the same thing. We literally say the same things over and over and over. But do you ever tire of hearing your child, your wife, your husband look at you and say, I love you? Why would we tire of hearing God's work and receiving his gifts, knowing that he has bestowed all that we need for this life and the life to come? And this is what is humbling about Jesus' invitation. Bring them here to me. He is speaking to you. He is speaking of your children. He is speaking of your neighbors. He is speaking of your family. And he is speaking of you. And this is one of the reasons we come to church. To be fed the very bread of life, Jesus himself who brings us into communion with God, our Father in heaven, through the Holy Spirit. And it is there, in this great and wondrous work, we are filled up. We are filled up in him, and our cup truly runneth over. In the great grace, peace, mercy, love, righteousness, holiness, all given to us in Christ our Lord. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.